I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You cool? I'm cool. You cool? I'm cool. You cool? I'm cool. We're cooling out. You cool? I'm cool. You cool? I'm cool. You cool? I'm cool. We're cooling out. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Cooling Out. We are back. It is Kev. And it is Rel. What's good, world? We have some wonderful guests with us tonight. We got Robert Anthony Agard, writer, director, producer, and editor of Streetside Flower. And we got homie Kenny Forbes with us, leading actor and artist in Streetside Flower. What's up, fellas? What's going on, man? Doing good. Yeah. Very welcome happy. to the podcast. We're so welcome. glad you guys could join us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to see y'all. Good to see y'all. Good to see you guys too, man. Everybody's doing good right now in 2020. Everybody all right? Trying, yes, man. You can. Trying to keep... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't call Trying it. Keep... <laughs> That's the line for 2020. Just like, all right, whatever, man. Yes. Um, but uh, just give, I, I guess, just each of you, like, give pe- the people a little quick introduction of, uh, to you, of yourself, you know? Okay, yeah, sure, man. Uh, I'm Robert Anthony Agard. I'm the uh, mm-hmm. writer, director, producer and editor of Streetside Fly, which is a short film that we have in the 2020 film festival circuit. Um, this is mm-hmm. something we've been working on for the past two years and probably a little bit of change now. Um, we just got off of a, a Chelsea run with Chelsea Film Festival. It's actually still in Chelsea. It's still available until the 25th. So mm-hmm. depending on this podcast comes out. Um, the 22nd. The 22nd, okay, great. You'll still be yeah. up until the 25th. Uh, Streetside Flowers, a short film. Um, about a aspiring artist who's played by the very, very talented Kenny Forbes. That's um, me. Is, and that's him. <laughs> Who is uh, a little bit upset and, and frustrated with his life circumstances and decides to take his fate and his work into his own hands and uh, kind of give himself that sense of fortitude that he needs to kind of move forward. And, and I think it's a great story for anybody who's aspiring to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who is motivated to kind of who's a little bit fearful, who's a little bit um, reluctant to kind of take that step, kind of some similar that we all kind of face in life. And uh, it's a very, very relatable story. And uh, yeah, man, it was great working on this project and great collaborating with Ken on this. Uh, shout out to Trey, Trey Witter, uh, Chris Amaya as well too, who are producers on this. Um, and just an amazing cast and amazing crew. And yeah, man, that's that's what we got going on right now, so. Gotcha. Amen, bro, amen. Uh, yeah, so hey. Hi world, I'm Kenny Forbes. Uh, I am the leading actor in Streetside Flower, as Rob said. Um, so the film, it was a, a really big stretch for me uh, because mm-hmm. I am a visual artist who is struggling and broke in real life. So <laughs> I've been practicing this for uh, about 34 years now, if I had to say. Uh, method actor at heart. Nothing um, beats real life experience. Whew, yeah, I mean, if I didn't get picked for this role, I'd be pissed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so yeah, I am the leading actor. Uh, I'm a visual artist um, specializing in sprays, acrylics, uh, watercolors, digital. Um, I, for me, it's important that my art makes somebody feel and think about something. If you look at a painting and it's visually cool and you say, yo, that's cool, that's dope. All right, and then you move on. It didn't really do anything, just like a film. If mm-hmm. you, you know, look at, not to like headhunt, but if you look at, you know, a uh, you know Transformers film, you're like, oh, cool, big explosions, loud stuff. All right, great. And then you forget it as soon as you leave, 
you know, the theater or you turn off your Amazon Prime or you get back to whatever you were doing via Netflix, you know, it, it kind of hit, you know, it, it missed the mark. You know, art in all of its forms should make you feel and think something. So um, that's what I try to bring to the table. Uh, gotcha. Hopefully I uh, won't be a starving artist for long. We'll see how it's going. Nah, man, hopefully not. <laughs> um, hopefully not. So like, uh, I guess, Robert, like just talk to us a little bit before we really get into like Street Side Flower, I guess you could just talk about like your beginnings in filmmaking and, and your growth and how, like how you got started in that. Oh man, uh, I've, I've wanted to be a filmmaker ever since I've been, ever since I've been anything, man, ever since I've been a kid, you know, it was something I always knew that I wanted to do. Um, mm -hmm. Something I always wanted to be. I always been in love with just cinema and film and it really comes from just from my love of books and, and storytelling, just stories in general. Um, but just like kind of how the story represents, I was always fearful to kind of do it because I don't come from a family of artists of uh, of any real concern. I don't have any representation of that in my family, you know? Um, so I kind of just put it off for a long time. It was kind of always just in the back burner. So as I got older in my first attempt at college at Penn State, um, I tried to get into it a little bit and was just reluctant to and then you kind of get to a place where you're just working a lot of odd jobs. You're working, you know, you're doing everything but the thing that you feel like you need to be doing. And uh, I kind of just got tired of that. So I decided to just go for the one thing I asked myself, what's the one thing I don't want to do was go back to school and, and kind of go to film school and, and pursue my, pursue my passion, pursue my, my purpose. I felt like, and it was the best thing that I kind of ever did. You know, I did that in 2016. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of worked my way to get my associates and get back into the groove of school and then got into Brooklyn College, uh, transferred over there. And uh, that was the start. And that was kind of the end of all that. You know, it was kind of the end of me kind of procrastinating and putting everything off to the side and the start of me kind of being Robert Anthony Agar for me kind of walking into myself a little bit and, uh, you know, just kind of picking up the craft and, and, and the tools of it and, and learning the craft of filmmaking and you know, I'm really happy I kind of got to that place, man. It takes a lot. Sometimes for a lot of people, it takes a lot to kind of bring yourself there to kind of do something you've always wanted to do. You got that little voice kind of in your head telling you to do this, but you're just afraid to kind of do it. So to get that sense of fortitude to finally go there and do that, um, 2016 was the year, man. I, I kind of had enough. <laughs> and I kind of gotcha. just, you know, so um, filmmaking for me, I, I always felt like I've always been a writer, at least. Like I've always been good with words and I always love writing and storytelling, but as far as a filmmaker, I became a filmmaker in 2016. So not, not too far up, not too long. Um, but I still consider myself a student, a student of it. So um, still learning, still growing. We've got this one film right now. And uh, I kind of met Kenny along that way as well, too. Me and Kenny were friends way before that. Um, Ooh, okay. In the early 2010s, somewhere around Stytown. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, somewhere around there, but... Um, we've always been very artistic friends and, and shared that kind of passion for film and painting and art and stuff like that. So, uh, it was kind of just cool to, for everything to come full circle for us to collaborate on this. Yeah. So that was kind of my start, um, with, with filmmaking and how I got started. Gotcha. I know we're going to dig more into the filmmaking process, but could you just name a couple of your influences? Oh, uh, in medium. Oh, uh, definitely. For, for filmmaking, you know, it's, uh, it's on the list. Yeah, man, the, the list is long. You know, the list is long. It's it's everybody. It's everybody from Scorsese to, you know, Spike Lee. Um, I kind of give all my credit as far back as to like Charles Burnett. You know, Charles Burnett was the first person. He He's one of the godfathers of independent filmmaking, I think. You know, John Cassavetes uh, is acclaimed the godfather of, of independent filmmaking. But I think Charles Burnett as a black man was the first one to kind of be running around Watts showing us like the hood, showing us where we're from, from that same sensibility. So I credit, you know, my love for Spike and for uh, Ava DuVernay, you know, it kind of all kind of traces back to a man like that. But uh, a lot of my, I can go on, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson, um, Greta Gerwig, Noah Baumbach. It, my, my influences are all over the place. They're very democratic, but I think the people who influence me most aren't necessarily just filmmakers. They're still storytellers but I really appreciate storytellers. So I would say like Basquiat, you know, Maya Angelou, Dave Chappelle, um, mm. James Baldwin. James Baldwin is a big influence on my life. Just the way he wrote and, and his words were so visual to me. So, um, 
yeah, man, my influences come come from all over. Not not just film, not just that media, because the media and the filmmaking is a it encompasses everything. It encompasses all forms. It's it's writing, it's painting, it's storytelling, it's music, it's performance. So you kind of have to look a little bit outside of that and incorporate some of these great people and these great influences into yourself. And, and that's where I kind of look to. Kenny's an influence of mine. Yeah, I mean that, man, definitely. You know, he's definitely an influence to me, especially with this project. So um, it comes from all over, man. That's dope, man. Like, very, <laughs> wow. Like, I don't, I'm like very like left brain. So whenever I talk to people who are like very right brain and like creative and like artistic, it like always amazes me like how mm -hmm. deep like you guys are, you know, like in terms of like your in, uh, influences and things like that. So like, that's really dope to hear. Um, Appreciate that. For Streetside Flower, it sounds like essentially like your personal life story was the inspiration behind that short film like can you kind of talk talk like a little bit more about that like yeah i mean and i'm gonna pass some of this to kenny too uh yeah <laughs> because i know he's got a <laughs> he's got some notes in it as well about that but it's just uh it's not so autobiographical and mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of just more so a representation and it's inspired by certain things that i've learned because one thing i've learned about inspiration in my life is that it's not something that's so physical like we, we get inspired by people's stories and we get inspired by people's like ways of life and the things that they went through and the trials and tribulations and challenges and stuff like that and it's not so concrete to where you have to do that exact thing to be whatever it is that you want to be you know mm -hmm. so I think inspiration is it we look at it kind of like a hand-me-down kind of like oh there's this this story this thing I got to do that I got to do that exact thing but I think it's more so like it's a material it's a cloth that gets passed down to you so you can make something of your own that fits you, that fits you better, you know? So um, just in regards to that, it's just like, it's not so much about my life. It's not mm -hmm. so much about everything that I went through. I've went through certain things, but I wanted to kind of write something for Kenny because we always wanted to collaborate and kind of do something together. We did this project called Stay Woke Before and we just had great chemistry with it. And, uh, in writing this project that I wanted to do, I wanted to kind of highlight him and highlight his painting and highlight his art. So we kind of came up with this story that was reflective about notes of his life and certain inspirations of mine that kind of represented what this story Streetside Flower is. So it's not so, you know, exact, <laughs> I would say, but okay. there's a lot of heart in it. And the biggest thing about the story is that it's so relatable. You know, we all kind of go through this yeah. This, we kind of all, you know, Kevin, you were there, you were there on the set, man. You saw a lot of the stuff that we were shooting and uh, a lot of the scenes that we had. And um, it's kind of just very, very reflective of anything going through the process of kind of chasing something, aspiring for something. And, uh, you know, Kenny, you know, you, I want to pass it to him a little bit because you know a lot how, how I kind of wrote it for you and I wanted to put you in that place to be successful. Right, right. You yeah. Um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Rob. Uh, this film, it went through a few drafts, which is, you know, uh, necessary to know. The original idea for Streetside Flower was very different than what mm -hmm. came to fruition. Uh, and there was a, you know, good, there were several months of a, of a break mm -hmm. that, you know, Rob kind of stepped back to reanalyze and reassess, okay, what is the message and the theme that we're really trying to push you? And then, coming back to it, you know, uh, we came up or Rob came up with the vision that, that came to fruition. Uh, for me, one of the biggest themes is the American dream. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the American dream, what is it? They say, no matter who you are, where you're from, what you're doing, black, brown, tall, short, fat, male, woman, you come to America, you work hard, you do the right things, quote unquote, you will achieve your dream. Okay, cool. We can all, if you're an American or if you're not an American, you came to America or if you're not an American and you even know the American dream, you've thought about going to America, you can empathize with that. And then here's the next step. You shoot for this American dream. You do the right things, quote unquote. You go to, let's say you're an artist, you go to art school you talk to the right people, you do the interviews, or if it's any kind of other medium, mm -hmm. 
there comes a point where unless the chips really fall perfectly in your lap, you're going to get slapped in the face and you're going to be, you're going to wake up one day and be like, dude, years have passed. My American dream has not been achieved and I've been working my butt off and I have been doing quote unquote the right things. How did I get here? Why am I here? And how do I fix this? Hmm. And, you know, so Rob can empathize with that in his, in his, in his life and, you know, trying to switch tracks to directing, you know, I can empathize, you know, I wore a lot of hats in my life. Um, I initially went to school for hotel restaurant management, opened up a restaurant, you know, went through that, uh, you know, did modeling kind of changed. I was a financial advisor and, you know, you know, each one of these things, the, these, each one of these paths, that moment came where you, one day you kind of wake up and you go, this isn't it and mm -hmm. why isn't this it mm -hmm. and how can i adjust this to achieve the life that i want maybe yeah. the life that i want wasn't what i orchestrated in my mind before mm -hmm. but i realized this isn't it here and how do we get to where we need to be um and so really when when rob approached me with with this idea i was all for it um and then also for you know going the the artistic route i was even more for it um <laughs> one thing stuck with me that he said about films that he hates and now it always sticks with me he hates it when there's a musician in a film who you don't see playing the instrument he hates it when there's a rock climber in a film you don't see him climb rock when that person <laughs> is specializing in x y or z and you don't see that person doing it in the film yeah. it's a lot so he's like no we need to see you painting you're a painter we're going to see you painting. This is what you do. Um, and so that just, you know, uh, echoed with me and I was 110% behind it. And his ability to bring paper to life on set mm. is unlike anything I, I've experienced on set with anybody else. Thanks, man. Shit. I'm going to be crying over here again. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always intrigued with like the creative process. Like, could you just go into, well, you mentioned I was around the set and I remember, yeah, I hung with you guys around December, 2018. Yeah. And I never for once thought making movies was in any ways easy at all, mm -hmm. but it yeah. really gave me insight hanging around. I don't know, say what a, a minute scene would take the amount of takes and time and adjustments of lights and mm -hmm. camera. It really just gave me a deeper appreciation to how mm -hmm. hard this process is. So I just want you to give a little bit more insight, the amount of time this entire process took from the script to the script revisions, to actual shooting, to post-production, to... Man. Oh, man. I think that Cast, to casting as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a long list of, of things. It's kind of just like you take your... The biggest thing that I preach a lot with things like this and Kenny knows is making the time to take your time, you know, is preparation is key. Filmmaking is all about preparation and just being prepared. And that's, and that's when you get to the actual shooting of it. So you're going to go through your process, the creative process of writing a script and whatever anybody goes about that is different for anybody else. You know, like I have my certain way of that. I go about doing it, which starts from like an outline, like a beat sheet, which kind of goes through into writing into the scenes and kind of fleshing it out which is a little bit more elaborate. It's going to take more time to talk about that. Um, but it's different for everybody because, you know, something a little off topic is like artists, it's similar to like, uh, like with basketball, like kind of shut up and dribble, kind of you kind of put body into like one box. It's like everybody thinks writers and artists and filmmakers were all just the same and just do it and just get the script done and whatever. And everybody, you're a person at the end of the day, you have your own personal process of how to do something that works for you specifically. And it's just about getting it done and getting it done right is the main thing and getting it and having it be true and having it be honest. So once you have your process and you learn that, you know, you're going to go through the production of it. So you're going to start casting. You're going to start looking for locations. You're going to start tech scouting. Once you acquire your crew and your DP and certain things like that of that nature, you know, you're tech scouting, you're looking at locations, you're doing your shot list. My favorite part is getting to rehearsal because rehearsal is where you find and you figure out what the movie is because you have the script, you know the story, 
your actors are coming in, they've read the script, they know their parts, but you're coming in with two different perspectives before you've even talked or discussed too much of what the story is. So that's where you truly find out what the movie is. And that's where you kind of agree upon that. So when you're actually shooting, everything that you're shooting is what you agreed upon in rehearsal. That's why it's such a collaboration between the director and their actors. It's like, I'm not telling you so much what to do on the set or kind of controlling anything or manipulating anything as much as I am supporting you and reminding you what we agreed upon in rehearsal. Because you came in with ideas, I came in with ideas, and then we kind of agreed on a certain set of things. So then you go through your shooting, you organize that, and then you're gonna get to post where you have all of your, your sound, you have all of your footage and you organize that. So the duration that it takes, I mean, for us, it took, it took me about a year and a half to write the script, 15 drafts, once that happened and we got to the point where I was like, all right, guys, this is the story. We're going to go with this. I would say it took another two years of just casting, preparing everything, shooting, because we had to kind of go, you know, two days here and then wait a couple months and wait a couple weeks and two days here and then do pickup days and stuff like that. So it was uh, every, 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 you know, production is going to be different. Ours took a while just to do a 16 minute and 31 second short and it's kind of just about getting to the finish line, man. It's like, well, we're here now. <laughs> you know, we finished it. It's done. And then the editing process was crazy with the uh, sound. Sound is probably one of the most underrated things in a movie. You think that it's supposed to be all visual, um, all coloring, all performance. But the biggest thing about sound is shout out to Michael Stango, uh, who was our sound mixer and who did our sound for us and sound designer. Uh, sound is trust, you know, no matter how a movie looks or how a movie feels, you're not going to believe it if it if it doesn't sound right. If the sound is off, you're not going to believe what you're seeing. So exactly. You have to build that sonic world of the film. And uh, it's the biggest thing because like your audience just has to trust the story. And it's and it's so major that you just need a good sound designer to kind of help you build the, the momentum of the story through that sound. So um, once you kind of get there and then you're just coloring it, it kind of smooths out a little bit, it gets a little bit easier, but we did go through a process of kind of like, I did screenings, like personal screenings with people who I trusted and who I just liked, um, respected their opinions. And we did a series of that for a little while. Mm-hmm. So I think the entirety of making it, it took about almost two and a half years just to make this short, man. It, it was, yeah. uh, it was quite a journey, <laughs> just like anything else is, but wow. Everything that that is good takes a long time, man. You know, everything that uh, growth takes a long time, bro. You know, you're not gonna do anything fast. You can make Easy Mac or some shit like that, or, or oatmeal or whatever. But it's a uh, something like this. Is it's you have to sink your teeth into it. You got to invest in it, and then you're gonna get something yeah. cool at the end. You know, so. Wow. Uh, I, can I just uh, Rob kind of understates a couple of things there. Uh, first thing I want to say is. I am so happy I am not a director. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. There's so much that goes into it. Like you, you just explained everything you had to do and you understated all of it because it is so intense and everything has to match up with everything else. You are the quarterback on this team. And like Rob said, everybody has their own process, their own system, right? So all of, we had a short, you know, we had a relatively small cast and crew. We have, I don't know, six speaking characters in the whole thing. So you as, or as the director, Rob as the director, needs to know the process for all six of those individuals and make sure each time he's shooting with each one of those individuals, he is fitting into their process so he can make them come out the best way and perform the best way they can. Um, then he needs to do the same thing for every member of the crew and not only for each member of the crew, but make sure everybody gets along and pushes each other. How like think back to when you're in elementary school and the teacher assigns a random group of people to work on a project and y'all hate each other. You're like, ah, uh, Derek did all the work. Ah, screw you, Karen. You know, when you got a group of four, all right, we got like 30 people on set. And we only got three hours to make this magic happen. It has to look exactly the same as the other shot. It's wild. Uh, it's very intense. Um, another thing I think that people don't really, or viewers don't understand, if you haven't done it, if we're doing a 10-second shot, okay? So if I'm sitting on the couch 
as you'll see in the film, and I'm opening a, a, a box. Mm -hmm. This is 15 seconds of real, right? Mm -hmm. Setting up the lights, mm -hmm. the staging, the sound, everything for that shot, minimum 30 minutes beforehand. This is why actors have trailers, because the majority of a shoot day is setting up lights, setting up cameras, setting up everything, making sure it's 100% tight. And then the actors kind of comes in, delivers the lines, ba-ba-boom, ba-ba-ba-ba-bang. Um, conversely, Rob was huge uh, because, you know, as the narcissist actor that I am, you know, <laughs> after a take, I'm like, huh, daddy, how was it? Was it good? Was it good? Do you want me to go a little slower, a little faster? Like, what do you need? <laughs> and if he just says, cut, I don't know. And then I'm second guessing myself. And I'm like, did I do it right? Did I not do it right? Is he mad at me? Uh, does he not want to tell me to do something different? You know, because, and what was the quote you said, Rob? Like everyone, after you say cut, everyone oh. on that. Yeah, we, we just talked about that. I, I, I just, uh, because I would always come up to Kenny after I, after I would call cut. And then um, I was just explaining to him that how it's so important because, you know, you got a lot of moving parts going around. You got your sound guy, you got uh, your DP, you know, you got your crew members, your gaffers, everybody's running around doing a whole bunch of stuff. But once you call cut, your actors are the only one who are giving you themselves. They're the only one giving you emotion. They're not working with equipment. They're working right. with mm -hmm. themselves, going to places emotionally that you don't know how that's affecting them throughout the day or throughout the scene. So the first person that I personally go to is my actor, are the actors. And I just reassure them. I give them a note. I say something to them, but I just want to talk to them and make sure that they know that like, I'm here for you. You know what I mean? I'm paying attention to what you're doing. Like you're giving me so much that I'm, I'm not going to go to anything else or hold off or say, hold on, let me check this camera. Like nothing else matters right now when we call cut, unless I know you're good. I'm just reassuring you. You're, the job as a director is to support everybody. And I gotta make sure that you're satisfied because you're investing the most. You know, we're investing money, we're investing time, we're investing equipment, but you're giving me yourself. So how do I not come up to you when I call cut? And that's just something I was telling Kenny, you know, after after our cuts, because he was just talking about how I was so receptive to him and, and, and the other actors as well, you know, and that, I think that's something that's really important. It's something I learned by seeing people do that differently. You know, people more concerned with the camera and the look and the take and kind of not acknowledging their actors. And they're the ones that are giving you the most, man. They're everything for you. Everything is there for the actors. Everything down to the fruit snacks and the and the food that you got on set are for the actors so that they can be comfortable. So uh, mad good. it's something that's really, really important to, to make sure that your actors are good, man, to make sure that they're that they're good to go, then everything is all right, you know? Wow, I truly, I wasn't on set, so like just mm -hmm. hearing it, it sounds stressful as hell. Like, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. I was like, oh, you wrote 16 drafts, whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah, we wrote a couple nah, I mean, yeah, it's, you gotta keep your composure, you know? It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's, pressure, it's high pressure stuff because you're working on a clock constantly. It's just everything. Mm -hmm. I got Chris, who was our producer, but he was also our AD, our assistant director, coming up to me being like, yo, we got 15 minutes. Yo, we got 10 minutes. Yo, we got five minutes. So like, you're mm -hmm. constantly on a clock with everything. And yep. me and his chemistry was just great. So we were just completely in sync with each other because the film might be mine, but the set is Chris's. Like Chris mm -hmm. runs the set because he's the AD. He's making sure that everything works yep. perfectly and we're breaking for lunch and everybody gets their time and stuff like that. So um, the collaboration between an AD and the director is super important, but it's just really, really important to reassure everybody. And, and you know, I learned that you got to be a leader, but you got to lead with compassion. You know, you got to kind of be and lean into yourself. People get too caught up in like control. And like, I'm mm -hmm. a director, like I'm, I'm here to control everything. And they get like this sense of power and stuff, but that's not what it is, man. Like, you, you know what a director is once you start doing it. And once you start seeing it, you know what the good and the bad is. And it's not about control. It's about support. It's about compassion. Mm -hmm. You gotta love everybody because everybody's working for this film that you wrote. Why would you be a dick to them? <laughs> like, why would you be mean to anybody or, or mm -hmm. inconsiderate to anybody? You know, like it's, uh, I, I just, I saw too much of that and I just don't really understand it. And I don't know, maybe I just love film too much or I, I take it too serious. I don't know, but that was just my, my, uh, my take and my perspective on it. To Rob's credit, he did a phenomenal job at, you know, despite all this pressure, all this stress that comes with making a film and being on set, he made it fun. Um, <laughs> which is, I had the 
probably, you know, some of the most fun I've ever had on set shooting this film, uh, particularly the, when we shot in my apartment. Um, so we've got 20 people in my one bedroom apartment you know, with all, you know, all this equipment, just like trash in my place. Like, all right, cool, sweet. Um, and looking around, it was like some kind of United Colors of Benetton stuff. Like Rob made it a priority to have an extremely diverse cast. So we had black, white, Spanish, female, male, gay, trans, like all over the place. And, you know, also having fun, it was relaxed. I'm literally painting, like for myself, uh, in between takes. And, you know, if you're not involved in setting up, you're hanging, we're talking, we're all getting to know each other. Like everybody got kind of bounced around between casts mm -hmm. and get to know each other. Um, Trey, one of the producers uh, on the film, you know, he was pretty much in charge of the music. So in between takes, we're playing music. And, you know, to yeah maybe i i'm closed-minded but uh yeah so we're playing mostly like hip-hop you know a lot of anderson Park, you know some kendrick xyz you know setting a vibe and then you know there's some people who would typically look like they don't listen to kendrick or to anderson Park, <laughs> and then you know this other track comes on i forget what it was it was some, i don't know if it was like rough rider anthem by dmx it was like some old school thing Maybe Cameron, I forget what. And I hear somebody singing, and it is this little short white girl. She's just going in. It's a picture of a gaffer. I was like, all right, yo, this is a vibe. Like, everybody's chilling. Everybody's having a good time while coming together for a good cause for this creative project, which that's hard to do, but Rob did it, and, uh, and it's cool. You can feel it, and I hope you can feel it when you watch yeah that's that's dope man i mean personally i really enjoyed the film but i mean my opinion doesn't mean anything because you guys just got you know a major accolade you know you guys just won at the detroit film festival for new voice and best actor which is like dope so congratulations you know to you guys for that um i guess just talk a little bit about what that meant to you and you know how, how you felt about that um <laughs> the announcement was funny yeah, the announcement was crazy, but I do want to say that your opinion does mean something because we made this film for you. Like we made this. Oh, film okay. Good that. Made <laughs> watch it, you know, so it's is not it? something that Kenny kind of talked to before. It's not something to where like we're just trying to entertain you. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of uh, motifs and themes in this that we want to kind of like spark questions and spark conversations. So it very much is for the viewer. Like, I just have intention with uh, writing this story and making this film, but the meaning comes from you guys. So what you think about it, whether you loved it or you hated it, it doesn't even matter. It's just that that's gratitude for me. It means that somebody experienced it and, and took it in. So um, your your perspective does mean something. The audience is the last member of the crew. You know, they're just as much part of the of the of the filmmaking process as anything else. So hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market thank you for watching it <laughs> i appreciate it of course it. man of course um you know, as far as just the awards, I mean, any kind of appreciation is always warranted, man. Like you're always going to accept that. You're always going to uh, to command that. You know, best actor. I think Kenny is the best actor just in the world. He's a great friend of mine. I'm super biased, but I, I just loved his performance in this, and he really, really killed it. So to get best actor, that was right on par with what I was already thinking. So shout out to Detroit. Fucking up with that, and then you know. Uh, best new voice just for the film. That's a collective win, man. That's a collective win for just everybody believing in the vision of it, believing in the story of it, working so hard, making sure everything that mm-hmm. kind of came together, the patience of it. You know, it took a lot of time. It takes a lot, a lot of people, just like it takes a village to raise a child. It takes yeah. a lot of people to get a film done, man. And the biggest thing is just being able to watch it back because that's the biggest gift that you can get. You know, we can get any award that we can get, but the gratitude really just comes from the fact that we got a movie that we can watch that we made. Like so many films fail. So many, so many of them don't really work out. A lot of productions get canceled. And I'm not Mm -hmm. even talking about COVID quarantine stuff. I'm talking about even previous to this. It's so hard to make a movie for things to come together. So just we have something to promote and to produce and to put into festivals um, and for anybody to even have an opinion about, it, it means the world. So anything on top of that, man, it's just, it's just icing on the cake. You know, we, we feel great. And, um, yeah, man, it's uh, it, it feels, it feels really, really good to kind of just be, to be accepted and to be, uh, adorned in that sense for sure. Yeah. We, uh, the we pandemic? got the new oh, sorry. Oddly enough. Oh, sorry. No, uh, go ahead, sorry. We, yeah, the, the announcement of best, uh, new voice and best actor, we were all actually hanging out in Bushwick and Brooklyn mm. uh, for my birthday party. And then uh, yeah, <laughs> Rob gets a text that- <laughs> Yeah, my mom called mom? me. <laughs> your mom's like, you won, oh my God. I was like, I need this in writing. I don't believe it, no. I may have had one too many martinis. And I'm like, no, I need hard physical proof. Uh, and then we were, I think both just kind of in disbelief uh and then like you know we kind of lost it we're like yeah you you would think we won the super bowl just because it's important to celebrate your wins Mm, yeah Um, i feel often you know for creatives uh for a lot of people in general particularly creatives and particularly now since the world is on fire you know we don't celebrate our wins enough you know something good happens we're like all right cool but what's next take a second enjoy that you know so we kind of took that that day a couple days after we were like all right sweet you know and uh, for me it's a little bit of validation as uh, as trey said he's like yo you don't suck cool man (laughs) 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 like thank you that that was very 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 heartfelt (laughs) Uh, but you know all jokes aside it yeah you know, at the end of the day, we, we don't suck. And people, uh, I guess one of the, the cooler parts of getting the award outside of the award itself or the awards itself were that it drew more people to watch the film. Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. We didn't watch this to sit back and, you know, watch ourselves on screen. Mm-hmm. And we want people to see it. And so when we got these titles, more people are like, oh, yo, let me check that out. Ben. There you go. Gotcha. Uh, how much has the pandemic impacted the film's rollout? To be honest, it uh, I would say the pandemic, and, and you never want to say that it's a blessing because we've lost so many people. You know, so many people have been affected by this, jobs, businesses, uh, 
it's such a such a terrible thing and unfortunate thing but in, in a sense of a creative and just this we we were scared you know initially because the film just got made and just got pressed and cut on the 26th of february mm-hmm. it was a, it was ash wednesday <laughs> and uh we did that you know i was at a uh, brooklyn college just kind of pressing the film and then I, I remember i called trey up to come watch it because we watched it on the in the auditorium and there was the final cut of the film and and, and you know we were just kind of happy about it and just had a moment but right after that initially i remember showing the film to some students uh one of my professors called me and he saw the film he wanted me to show some students um the film and the work and something that came out of the school's program because the focus is always on like making a thesis film and making a project, but they kind of just are not lazy about it, but you know, they just kind of want to make something to kind of just like get the program done. And then he was like, look what this guy kind of made in a sense, uh, Thomas Riley. So right that week is when the pandemic like started. Yeah. When I showed the film, like the next day, it was like schools got canceled, everything shut down. So initially I was a little scared, but you kind of just have to adjust. And that's all what filmmaking is about. Filmmaking is about presiding over mistakes and presiding over errors and adjusting and moving with certain pivots to things. It's like catching your rhythm, no matter what kind of slippage happens. So you're used to it, you know, in just the sense of making a film, anything can happen. The lights can break, the camera can fall over, someone can get hurt or, or sick or something like that. Anything can kind of go down. So with the pandemic coming in, we just knew, all right, we got to move to a virtual pl- uh, platform. We have to move to online. And everything else moved to online anyway. So we were like, all right, you know, we kind of get to just do this from the convenience of our home. We don't have to travel. We don't have to spend any money on going to festivals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Spend money on hotels. Like it's kind of in our benefit to be able to sit back and have these festivals kind of come to us. So, I mean, I don't want to say it was a good thing or a bad thing. It was just a thing. It was just a thing like anything else. You know, you just kind of got to ride with it and, and adjust to it. But I think, uh, I think we did pretty good collectively as, as a group kind of making those changes and making those decisions uh, and a lot of great suggestions on how things should work um, moving forward through this pandemic. I think we did a really, really good job. I want to commend everybody who was a part of that. So um, yeah, man, we still here, you know, we talking to y'all. We, we probably wouldn't have did that. I don't even know. We maybe we wouldn't have did this if it wasn't for the pandemic. Who knows? We here now, you know, yeah. talking to you guys. So I mean, that's a blessing in itself. Yeah, that's what's up. I mean, you guys got a lot of appearances. You got an appearance in the D- Detroit Black Film Festival, the DC Black Film Festival, and the Chelsea Film Festival. Like, so you guys are, you know, this film is definitely making its run <laughs> through the circuit. Like, you know, so literally big props to you guys for that. Like, that's that's super dope. Um outside of like the festival like festival scene like what has been like the general like i guess general feedback and consensus that you've gotten from just like friends or just you know the the, the audience i guess like the, your your casual audience and casual viewers yeah uh the biggest feedback we get is relatability i think mm-hmm. you know you start something that's very interesting with this is and that i've noticed is that anytime you know, you send a private screener out to somebody, people watch the film and they talk about it with you. You It becomes therapeutic. You kind of start talking about the film for 10 minutes and then you start talking about your life and you start talking about yourself or someone you knew or your brother or your sister or your best friend or whoever. Like it's, it's something that is very, very relatable into the sense of just the human experience because we all get lost, you know? We all yeah. get lost in our ways and on our path to something and everybody needs advice and everybody needs help. You need to kind of figure things out. And this is just kind of a reflection of that. It's a story about how a man kind of goes from hope transitioning into faith. You know, how we always wishing for something. We're always wanting for something. We're always asking for something. But when are you going to finally start doing it? And that's what faith is. Faith is kind of putting yourself in that uncertainty and standing in it. And it takes fortitude to do that. It takes courage. You know, it takes bravery. It doesn't mean you're not scared. But... Mm-hmm you still got to kind of do it anyway. And you get a lot of conversations sparked around that. And that's why we made this movie. It was very reflective of just the process and the lives that we lived um, in the sense of making this and just everything about ourselves. You know, artists, we are different. We have a different process to things. There's different medians, but we are very much alike in that way to where it did take a day or a moment of bravery, of kind of fortitude to kind of start on your path. You know what I mean? Like my parents came from another country. My parents are from Guyana. My whole family is from there. 
And there was a day where they said, fuck it, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, I'm going to move yeah. to America, then I'm going to start a different life. That takes a great sense of fortitude. You know, I have a close friend of mine who moved to New York to become an actor. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's a tremendous feat. Like, I, I think that's incredible what she did. You know, so I have a friend who's changing careers right now. In yeah. a sense, like he's moving from one career to another in this pandemic. Like, those, all those things take fortitude. It's not just about being an artist. It's not mm-hmm. just about kind of moving your family from one country to another or an actor moving from here to there. Like, it's about, you, you need this sensibility. You need to understand what this is. Like, you need to be able to overcome certain things in your life to realize that, like, it's not that scary. Like, you're just kind of scared of your, yourself. You're scared of your success. You know, like, you need that drive, in a sense, yeah. to kind of continue to push that forward. So, um yeah, man, that's that's just the biggest thing that we get. It just sparks a, it's not something specific. The conversations go all over the place. <laughs> you know, we, we talk about a lot of different things and that's why we wanted to make it. You know, the intention is ours, but the meaning is what we wanted to receive. So um, we're just happy people are so relatable to it and that they're so um, receptive to the story and that they see themselves in it because, you know, something I've said a lot is that art and, and storytelling, these things, they don't have to necessarily be a mirror. It doesn't always have to be about you and exactly what you went through. They can be a door, kind of leading you into another space so you can experience things that, that are kind of new. So um, mm. I want to I pass that to Ken on that note. <laughs> I know Man, I'm here preaching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like that? You're just going to drop like a gem, a quotable gem like that? And then pass yeah, I'm going to leave you on a gem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, Ken. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Hey. Um, now you, you you're totally right um and so i guess some of the things that i that i heard were yeah the uh rela- relatable ability of the film um mm-hmm. on top of that i hear how people can they say they can hear my thoughts so in the film, Luke Best, my character, you know, there there are some silent parts where you know he's contemplating, you know, what's next or what happened or why am I here, blah blah. But he doesn't say these things, but mm-hmm. you get the sense of what he's thinking. And going back to what Rob said and what the feedback people say, again, I I can hear his thoughts, I can feel his thoughts. Well, part of that is you can you know look at the context of the film and feel my thoughts or Luke Bess's thoughts. And the other part is that's you. You see yourself in that position. This is you relating to that position. Maybe you're not painting, but you're, we're all striving for something and we're all questioning, are we doing the right thing? Unless we're on a yacht. And if you ain't on a yacht at some point, you're questioning, Hey, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing it for the right reasons? Am I doing it the right way? Um, and so throughout the film, you can feel that. Uh, also the tribulations that uh, my character goes through, you relate to that, you know, and the feedback I get is, yo, I felt like I felt bad when X, Y, Z, I won't give any spoilers. They're like, ooh, yeah, like when that happened, I was like, mm. because maybe the same exact thing didn't happen to you, but something, Something like that has happened to all of us in our path, in our in our course, in our life. Um, yeah, to those the yeah relatability is probably the the biggest feedback. Uh, oh, I also heard a lot about the ending. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no spoilers, but people are like amped up. Like, I'm not. I'm gonna tell you. You gotta watch it. Good <laughs> 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 thing. But yeah, oh, uh, the ending, a lot of people are were, uh, giving feedback on and asking a lot of questions, giving some opinions, giving a lot of vision. So you join that conversation, you got to watch that. Dope. I, I won't. Obviously, no spoilers, but yeah, watching it and just being around, it's like the down in the dumb store. We've all had that stretch, the New York struggle. It just got so much that we all had those stretches from hell where it's like a couple days a week. It's like nothing can go right. Um, just knowing people navigating New York in general. So I was just, and it was very well acted. So I just, I really enjoyed it. Gotta say I really enjoyed it. 
And Kev, how was your experience uh, being on the set that day? Like working and seeing the film and then seeing it afterwards. Like what was your impression on that? I was happy, like watching it. I'm just very happy for you guys, how well it came together. Cause I'm a person, I consume a lot of like media and I read a lot about movies and stuff. So I know that you hear stuff like this was so good on set, but it didn't translate. Mm -hmm. um, when you cut the film, it's like, this is not a one-to-one. -one. It's like one aspect could be, it was hell on set, but we made magic, you know? So I'm just glad that all the pieces came together and you really made something that, you know, I'm proud of for you guys. Um, another thing is just newfound appreciation, to be honest. Like I mentioned, just seeing up close and personal what it takes to, to, to shoot a scene, yeah. you know, and the, not the ego, but Kenny mentioned this, like managing different um, mentalities, managing the different moods of not just the actors, but everybody on the set. So, and, and how long it takes on set. Like I just, again, 12 hours. appreciation. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah. First day 12, the next day, I think like another 10. Yeah. And I wasn't even acting, so it's like, <laughs> I could only imagine. That's almost like a day in two days. And, but no, that was my just really appreciation and like seeing it all in motion, seeing you, you and Chris, Trey, and then of course the actors, just seeing it all in motion. I'd never, you see like makings of a scene or you see people filming, but it's like seeing it. So kudos. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And you said something, too, about egos. There is a sense of managing egos, whether it's somebody else's or your own. And I don't mean that in a way of like of like a negative way, because your ego is just all about it's just your idea of yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. So like you might have somebody who has like a low self-esteem, like that's their ego. And you kind of got to bring that up out yeah. of them, you know what I'm saying, and give people certain things. So like there is that management of of egos in that position regardless of director or because kenny is our lead actor he's an actor in this but he's still like my point person he's in every single scene so a lot of our cast a lot of our crew are feeding off him as well so if he has that confidence if he feels good it just kind of translates into other areas your dp you know your sound recordist like everything everywhere so the management of egos is definitely very very important you guys work on a podcast together here there's a management of egos in that sense, not in a negative way, but just like building each other up, like running off each other, keeping that rapport good, like holding each other accountable. You know, like it's very, very much important. There's a there's that that air of things now about ego and like energy and, you know, like how in a sense it's negative or whatever. But you got to kind of lean into it. It's just your idea of yourself. So mm. more so than what your ego is, it's like, how do you see yourself? And that's where the problem or what we need to fill usually is. So it's just about awareness, about mindfulness. You know what I mean? Your ego, like you're saying, it, it's it's a tool. Yeah. yeah. Or it could be a weapon. It could be positive or it can be negative, as, as you just said. Um, you know, like I played sports all my life, so I kind of relate a lot of things to that, uh, you know, particularly team sports. So if you come to practice and you do a, you got a bad attitude, a bad ego, and you have a crappy practice, it's going to translate to the game. Yeah. And say you're playing football. If you are not doing your job, it will infect the rest of the team. Uh, coming to rehearsals, which Rob said is one of the most important parts of kind of setting the tone for the rest of the, you know, the film and production, you know, coming to rehearsal, I being the lead actor, I wanted to make sure I had all my lines down back and front. And I wanted to have different ways to deliver all of these back and front. If you said, all right, page, if it's a 16 page script, if Rob says, all right, page seven, line three, I want to know what that is. I want to know everybody else's lines. A, so I can perform, but then B, when somebody else is in there, you know, and the other cast members there, I want to show you, Hey, this is what we're at. This is, and then push, push each other. And then also just set that tone, set that, set that tempo of like, yo, let's get this, let's perform. We got each other, we have each other's backs. Up, 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 push, push, push. You know, because the, the alternative, it's, it's just going to tank everything. It's unhealthy. Dope, man. Well, the yeah, finished was... product. Go ahead. Okay. No, no, you're okay. No, I would say the finished product was definitely beautiful, definitely relatable. I mean, like, 
I don't live in New York anymore, but like, so 2016 was like a beautiful year for you, for you Robert. Like, it's like you stepped out and like, find, and like, you know, I guess found your lane and like said, fuck it, I'm, I'm jumping off the cliff and I'm going to go for this. 2016 was a terrible year for me. You know, like 2016 was like one of those years where it was just like, shit, like nothing's going right, you know? Um, and when I was watching it last night, like I was like drinking wine on my couch and I'm watching it. And I'm like, damn, like, you know, it was like so relatable. It reminded me of like, when I was in Brooklyn, just like, damn, like really, really like, all right, like kind of with like what Kenny said earlier, like where you just take a step back and you're like, all right, well, why, why isn't this happening for me? Or like, why aren't things going the way they're supposed to be going? Like, you know, especially yeah, when you put so, much to- put so much time into something. And like, for me, it was like going to school. I spent so much time in school and then it was just like, I got out and I was like, all right, well, what am I doing with my life right now? Yeah. Um, so like, that's how I felt like watching the movie. And then I watched it again today, um, mm-hmm. like earlier in the afternoon. I felt the same exact way again. And I was like, oh yeah, this is dope. This is beautiful. Like, <laughs> and like, no. And like, even in the scenes where you're like, uh, where like Kenny's saying like, you know, like, uh, I forget, what's the main character's name again? I apologize. It's, uh, it's Luke Lef. Yeah. Even when he's not saying anything, it's like, yeah, you just, you can like, like kind of like telepathically, like, you know what he's thinking. Like, you're like, all right, cool. I've been there before. And I, and I, and I know what he's feeling. And like, even just the, the acting, uh, uh, the facial reactions, like the emotions, you know, like just the sound, as you said, you know, like the score behind it. It's like, all right, cool. Like this is a very intense scene and I feel it. So it all came together. It was a very, 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 very beautiful film. Thank you. And uh, Thank you. I, I mean, it's crazy. It took so much time. Like, I, I did not realize it took so much time. Like, Dude. Fine, because what you're doing is you're meditating on something. And the style in which that we made it, it's like that you're meditating on a lot of moments and the style in which this film was shot and how we wrote it. Just like where we're talking about, like, you see those facial expressions, you can kind of see Kenny's actors thinking and there's certain close-ups and certain aspects of it. You know, we're meditating on this entire feeling. Like, this feeling isn't just, like, sad, happy. It's a, It's a... Uh, like a cocktail of all of this kind of stuff that you're going through in this specific moment that we all share, you know? Yeah. So how unique it feels and how odd that it feels like everybody kind of goes through that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I have friends who tell me that they were depressed around the same time that I was going through some shit and we never knew because we never said it to each other. Like we never talked yeah. about it. So right. it's just like, there's these, it's a very internal aspect of it, you know? And, uh, yeah, man, this this film, you know, it's uh, it's it's very very personal in a sense, but it's it's a personal thing that you want to share with everybody because your suffering isn't isn't it's not supposed to isolate you. It's your bridge. It's supposed to connect you to other people. So you kind of got to put these things into your stories and and kind of like send it out there so people can kind of experience that and see that they're not alone. You know, like you're talking about at the same time in 2016, you were going through a very similar thing, nigga. So was I. I was making this movie. You know what I mean, yeah. like. I was going through this aspect. I was living that life that led me to make this film. So yeah. uh, you can kind of see it and you can kind of feel it and, and kind of relive it and reenact it and then remind yourself of where you are now. Like this too shall pass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You kind of just got to keep going. And uh, you learn a lot of things along the way, man. It's, you got to make it through the desert. You know, the desert is going to test you. Yes! Challenges, you know, the alchemist, baby. Kenny, Kenny gave me that book. <laughs> I know? made him read the alchemist, man. <laughs> man. It's a life, it's a life-changing book, man, and um, it's very much reflective of that. And it's funny that I read that book after we made this, and it relates to it so much. It's kind of incredible, but um, yeah, I just wanted to make a comment about that. My bad. <laughs> That's dope. I mean, like, Kev, you have any, you have any, any, any other questions or anything else to add? I just like, are there any scenes that you cut that you wish you could have included? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Listen, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, scene, not, I'm so mad. Yeah. So mad you cut it. I'm not gonna uh-huh. go in, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna go in too much into detail about what we cut because I don't sure. want to change the, the image okay. or the look or the feel of the film for people. I'm talking but, about that. Every film does go through a certain sense of cuts. They're going to have this idea of things that don't really match up anymore, you know, because like you're writing something, you're shooting it, and then you write a movie three times. So you write it, obviously, when you sit down and you write the script. You write it when you're doing your production. Once you have everything collectively together, you're writing it again in the editing process. So the editing process is truly where you kind of make this film what it is, because you're showing certain angles, you're deciding on certain cuts you're putting music into it now you're putting sound into it now um so you're writing it for the final time then 
So you're going to have to take certain things out. Certain things aren't going to work. And you want a certain continuity and a certain rhythm and a flow. Like this film is, is a slow boil. Like I said, it was a meditation, but it's very, very smooth and very, very like, you kind of just ride that wave a little bit. So we had to take certain things out because they were like disruptive to that. You know, they were disruptive to what we wanted to kind of paint and the intention that we had. So you do make those cuts. They're really, really hard decisions to make. Yeah, I see the pain in your face. Until <laughs> you needed a moment after some. I, I, needed, a, I, needed, a, I needed a yeah, I needed a lot, man. It was it was tough because you fall so in love with the story and you just want to tell your story how you want to tell it. But um, you know, we're not going to speak about what was cut. Like that's just we're not going to talk about that because it's going to ruin. It's I don't want to ruin it for anybody. I'm telling the noodle scene. I don't care. I'm telling. Okay, the noodle. The noodle, the noodle scene is fine. The noodle scene is fine. But you do have to make these these harsh, harsh decisions, um, and it's 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 all a part of what the filmmaking process is, man. You gotta budget cuts. You know, you gotta. We can't. We can't do um the gym membership this month. We gotta cancel Hulu or something like whatever. Whatever it is, you know, you gotta make yeah. a turn on something. So it's it's the same way with with uh with filmmaking, man. You gotta make these very necessary removals uh, from something that you love. It's gonna hurt your film, man. It's like having a, a infected kidney or something. You gotta take that shit out. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Is that how that works? I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you replaced it, okay. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. So there are some scenes that were taken out. Uh, we did argue, talk, debate about some. Uh, the ending, which I won't go into, was up for debate. Um, then the one thing that got cut that I hated got cut because we had because I literally put blood, sweat, and tears in that shit. Uh, sorry, I don't know if I can curse or not. Yeah. Um, so there was a noodle scene. So I'm, you know, my character Luke Bess is broke. He's eating ramen noodles. That is the quintessential. I'm broke as fuck meal. Okay. And so, you know, we're shooting it and I don't have to talk this entire shoot day. Okay. But we're, we're filming me eating these ramen noodles and Rob's like, mm, that's good, but nah, like I want to see the steam. I want to see the hot noodles. Like, uh, okay. And so the they, they heat that shit up and we do a take. It burns the fuck out of my mouth. And I was like, but I can't show that because we're recording and it has to be natural. Like, fine. Cool. Takes done. We look at Rob. How was that? He goes, nah, more steam. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So he's like, nah, hotter, hotter. Steam is billowing from this cup of ramen noodles I have in my face. And I don't like, I look at him to see if he like realizes like, this is, this is going to burn me. And he totally does not recognize that. I'm like, okay, cool. And I don't want to, you know, be a be a sissy. So I'm like, all right, for the good of the film, there's 20 people here who are here to make a good product. Uh, least I can do is burn my mouth. I don't got to talk later. And so I just, <laughs> and I shove it in. And I try to chop it down. And then he yells, cut. And then... I just start waving my mouth and everyone starts laughing hysterically. And then it finally clicks to him. He's like, Oh, Oh, my bad. What, what was that? Hot? <laughs> yes! Yes! Yes, what? When, you, when you demand everyone to have it over 300 degrees, it is a little, little, little tight on the palate. <laughs> and then that got cut and the scene is not in there. And I got third degree burns for nothing. Hmm. Sacrifices you got to make. Happy to do it, Rob. Happy to do it. Anything for you, bro. You're true, bro. You're true, bro. <laughs> and you're a sadomasochist, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fellas, I uh, want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Uh, before we sign off, I guess just let everyone know where they could find the film. Yeah, definitely. So uh, you can get the film uh, if you go to chelseafilm.org up until the 25th uh you can do mm-hmm. a festival pass where you can just make a small donation uh to see the film on there right now um and you can find me at robert anthony agard agard is spelled a-g-a-r-d robert anthony i spelled traditionally on instagram 
and the street side flower page is a s t s i d e f l w r so street side flower abbreviated i'll say that again s t s i d e f l w r um yeah man that's where we at you can get news about where the film would be uh we have something going on with afropunk right now so we'll up there for more information and you know podcasts and things like that we'll try to get you guys on there too we'll see what happens um mm. no we uh we're in the festival process right now so we can't really show it too many too many places but there'll be a lot of updates and a lot of things coming on the on the instagram page so and my page as well as well as kenny's page oh. yep. uh my page is uh on instagram at ken forbes official so k-e-n f-o-r-b-e-s like the magazine without the money uh official <laughs> still still waiting on that that uh 23 and me test so i can get some some pay today gotcha. uh, but yeah at ken forbes official i'm always posting stuff uh about our films that uh, we will be in some things coming up so definitely check that out uh and if you like the art it's up there as well let us know and thanks for for checking us out y'all Thanks for having me. Of of course, course. man. Thank you so much for coming, taking the time. This is phenomenal. People, make sure you guys go follow them on their socials and make sure you go to, is it Chelsea Film? Yes, it's chelseafilm.org. And before you get into the the conclusion of this. Yes, go ahead. I want to thank Kev. I want to thank you guys so much for having us on your podcast, man. Really? Um, Appreciate it. I love what you guys do. And, uh, yeah, man, I just want to thank you so much for, for letting us talk about the film on here and switching it up a little bit and, and dedicating an episode to us. That's big, man. We really, really appreciate it. Of course, man. Of course, man. Thank you for coming. Um, make sure you guys go check out that film. Go to ChelseaFilm.org. Make that small donation. Y'all know y'all got it. Go check out the film until the 25th. Make sure you do that. Make sure you guys follow them on their socials so you can get any updates, see what festivals they're going to be in and just you know, see where the film goes, man. Definitely support that. This is definitely dope. Uh, I've seen it, loved it. Mm-hmm. Kev's seen it. I'm speak, speaking on Kev's behalf. I know Kev loved yep. it. Kev actually worked behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, you did. Know, look at Kev. Y'all love Kev. Go look at that. Go watch that. <laughs> but nah, people, as always, thank you for the love, the support. Make sure you guys go rate, share, and subscribe. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll have the full-length video clip of this episode as well as it being broken down on IGTV at Coolin' Out Pod. Uh, we have the audio on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Acast. Um, tune in everywhere that all major streaming platforms, we are there. Until next time, this is Cooling Out. Stay cool. You cool, I'm cool. You cool, I'm cool. You cool, I'm cool. We cooling out. You cool, I'm cool. You cool, I'm cool. You cool, I'm cool. We cooling out. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.